You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Australia, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders in Australia. I'm Matt. I help connect businesses with tech talent, and today I'm your host. So hello and welcome back to the Evolution Exchange, a podcast where we discuss all things tech, leadership, and product within the Australian tech community. The topic of today's podcast is balancing creative freedom and innovation with corporate ambitions. To get things started, I think it'd be great to get our panelists to introduce themselves. So first, I'll get uh, Rami to, yeah, please introduce yourself. Um, hi, I'm Rami. I'm the head of engineering for uh, um, across market data and trading at Iris. Um, I am passionate about people and leadership and how to grow people. I'm passionate about diversity and inclusion. I think they're very important topics that um, we, we we all need to be aware of. Um, that's it. That's me. Awesome. Thanks, Rami. And Attila. Yeah. Hi, guys. I'm Attila Madaraz. I'm the Platform and Engineering Manager at Teachers Health. Um, basically a dev manager on steroids. And in effect, um, I'm passionate about common sense. So if you if you think about the sort of stuff that you do over, over meetings and everything else, common sense has to rule. Thank you, Attila. And Raj, I'll get you to jump in next. Hi guys, I'm Raja. I am the senior engineering manager in one of the flight search teams in here in Expedia. Very exciting role. Um, I'm passionate about uh, people, specifically diversity in people and diversity in the technology challenges that they handle every day. Um, yeah, that's about me. And uh, yeah, I think common sense comes to play every day, every now and then, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> Agreed. I like that one. Thanks, Raj. Well, appreciate everyone for the intro. So look, we'll get straight into the first question, which Attila is from you. The first question being, how do you motivate a software development team whilst balancing creative freedom and innovation with corporate ambitions? So I'll get you to, if you want to give us some context, you want to dive straight into it, but I'll get you to start things off. Yeah. So I had to think about this and uh, the thing that came to mind is some simple truths. Um, for me, most people, including developers and those involved with the development, want to do a good job. I mean, it's a simple truth, right? And the other thing is everyone is different and will have different motivational triggers. Okay? So for me, motivation is about finding that thing that a person cares about, nurturing it, supporting it, and usually about empowering the individual to do their job as well as they can. So for me, motivating a team within a corporate landscape is about compromise. It usually implies working within some sort of boundary. You can't just do what you want. You can't just use the latest um, cool framework or language or whatever that is, skirt security considerations because it's too inconvenient or build applications, tools, or services that aren't approved at some level. So it's mostly about ensuring the team can do what they're being asked to do. To me, the job of a manager is to remove obstacles where there are obstacles and enforce process where the obstacle represents governance of some sort. So they're not always obstacles. And motivation comes primarily, in my humble opinion, from your team being able to do a good job and making sure that they know what, when they have and when they haven't. Actually, sometimes picking up on something that didn't go so well is allowing the person to correct and do better next time is the most motivating thing. They can see improvement, they can see progress. But most people will understand corporate boundaries, at least that's what I've, I've found. But you have to explain the why. Why is the boundary there? And then, obviously, if the boundary makes sense, it's it's usually a help, right? So 
innovation in context is something to do with or associate with creative freedom because usually you need to have some sort of creative freedom to innovate. So to do that, you need to be empowered to follow through. So as for corporate ambition itself, my take on this is it's, well, the way I'm interpreting it, it's, it's promotions, climbing corporate ladder, more say, more pay. So being able to do a good job often means being empowered to innovate, to solve problems in new and creative ways. Work smarter, not harder, you know, those cliches. But getting recognized for doing a good job should ultimately lead to promotion, more say, more pay, hence feed a person's corporate ambition. So I don't think that the concepts are incompatible. I think they're quite compatible. Awesome. Appreciate that. Thanks for the answer, Attila. And, and Rami, I'll pass it on to you next. Um, so, I mean, I, not, not dissimilar to you, Attila. I think um, having the teams align on uh, knowing what a good job is. So having the teams align on what the goals and what is the work. Generally, most people are motivated by the work that they do. They look around, look at the work that they're doing. They want to be proud of the work they're doing. They want to align around that work and they want to understand the value of the work. So I think it's very important that as part of um, at the beginning of any work that the teams know why they're doing something so that they can be proud of the results and see what the results are. Um, obviously, there's there's quite a quite a an, an important balance between that and 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 sort of um, given a lot of creative freedom and how the work is done, um, no company can be uh, profitable. No, no, no company can uh, have a good bottom line if if, um, if everybody does ultimately um, make their own choices about technologies, about frameworks, about everything. Um, so I think part of part of that balance is is being very upfront with the teams about where where those boundaries are um you know we don't need a new cicd pipeline system for every single team you know one of those is enough what's database technology how many languages do we want to use we don't want to reinvent everything in in every environment um for every project um so it, it's it's good to 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 define some of these boundaries and then within for the teams also it's it's good to to try to make those choices the easy choices so um you know try to remove as much of the friction whether it's by training or by documentation by you know setting up templates for the things that the teams are using so um making the easy choices or the the, the common choices the easy choices actually helps a, a lot in that you know the teams feel motivated to use them instead of trying to you know cross several hurdles to actually use the, use them um yeah. and then then the balance to yeah. all of this is you still want to create a safe environment for people to debate things. So we, yep. we want the engineers to come back to us and go, actually, this doesn't make sense here. And, you know, maybe maybe nine out of 10 times you want to use um, uh, XYZ da um, database, relational database. But in one case, there's a reason, a genuine reason not to. And I think making sure that the teams have that safe space to do mm -hmm. this is, 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 is critical. Um, and then on top of everything, I think then there's always the you know the need to to allocate actual genuine time, dedicated time for people to have innovation time. I've seen some amazing things come out of Tech Time, Tech Fridays. Um, you know they've come by many names, but I've seen some amazing things come out of those things. Team people do need to exercise that, and I am often surprised as a as, as a leader of that what comes out in those things and what people see 
that isn't easily communicated from them, but when you give them the freedom to actually act on it, um, what comes out of this? And, and not necessarily, and it's not necessarily um, all going to go to production, but that experimentation and that 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 creative athlete actually allows us to, you know, see some great stuff come out. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Rami. Appreciate that. And pass on to you next, Raj. Thanks, uh, Matt. Uh, I think I kind of want to like uh, add on to something whatever Rami mentioned. I think I'm on the same lines there. Uh, pretty much, I think the, the the team really needs like everybody, including leaders, including the developers, testers, or or even program managers. Who I think they all need that particular creative space, or at least have a specific uh, rights to to express their their creative you know ambitions. I think that's the primary thing that actually drives every individual here and. It's not just about no say, no pay, but definitely yes, that's a trading factor, definitely. Um, but I, I would, I would uh, definitely um, pull them aside. I think every team member uh, into a room and say, "Yep, uh, do you understand um, what are the goals or objectives that we want to kind of achieve as an organization and as a system?" And I think if every one person in the team, every person in the team, if he or she aligns with the goals. And I think uh, the creative freedom will be definitely under the boundaries. It will be definitely under the boundaries. I think it's also about them understanding the organizational goals or the team goals for a particular quarter or for a particular half year or something yeah. that can actually let them know, yes, this is the boundary and anything else will become throwaway work or will possibly you know, get postponed or even defunded or whatever. I think that that kind of um, that kind of expectations should be set actually, and and I've seen I, mean, I have examples as well in my previous roles <clears throat> where this particular uh, thing was communicated straight away, um, and that kept them under the limits. Um, I think it's it's just not um, about technical people; it's also about any professional there in any any corporate setting <laughs> these yeah. days. So I kind of agree to uh, this particular situation. Uh, what Attila raised, I totally think it's it's a very common situation there. And yeah, awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah. I appreciate all, all the answers. Is, is there anything else that anyone wants to jump in, wants to add, or, or have we we covered that pretty well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I think so. I, I, I think when you're talking about um, creative freedom, I mean, it's it's always it's always going to be about well within within a safe space. I think the safe space is is a very valid point Rami brought up there that you need to give people that ability to innovate, but obviously it can't be in production. Yeah. Yep, definitely. So you need to see it, you need to prove it first in a in a safe space. And you need to give them I, I actually didn't think of and it's very true that um having uh hack fests and having the ability to actually promote innovation is a really <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure it works everywhere because it depends on your it depends on your team it depends on your environment a lot of things but it is one really good avenue for actually getting ideas and giving people freedom and time and time is a big thing right um, giving people time to actually try something um, because you won't actually do, that's a thing when you're in a situation where you're doing the same thing you've got lots of projects coming out and you've got lots of time pressures Time is is a massive thing that that you just don't have time to do stuff. And I've some of the best guys. Remember Raj um, Matteo and in Amadeus. He he was working bloody weekends, right? Yep. And he was coming crazy. No, he, he was coming, <laughs> but he was doing stuff off his own bat, off you know just just to prove a point. 
and coming yeah. in the following week and he's working on this thing for months uh, on weekends and basically he'd come in and say i've solved the problem on his own time you know i mean that's passion nice. right and yeah. the, the, that's because we, the the corporate didn't give him the time to actually do it within scope right yeah. and, and some people were just passionate enough to do it but others well they won't because you know they have a nine to five so yeah yeah. Uh, yeah i mean I, I, just to add to that i i've, I've seen that a lot in, in many of the teams where we do give them the time to actually um innovate on a friday or half of a friday or something like that it, 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 uh, people actually gravitate towards one of two things either they want to build something brand new and 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 and, and nifty that they want to work on but i also see a lot of people also gravitate to trying to fix a problem that they've had for years that is either slowing them down from an engineering point of view or something that actually been a friction that they've seen in production or, or, or um, something that's affected clients. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, I, engineers, I think you said it, Attila, people love their job and people want to come and do good work. Um, they, they sometimes, you can see the passion come come across and sometimes that doesn't translate to what, what's been asked of them um, through through the pipeline, you know, the, 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 the traditional backlog and giving people that extra time can be qu quite valuable and, and very motivating. Um, and yep. like I said, very surprising sometimes the uh, the amount of stuff that can be uh, solved in those types of um, I avenues. I agree. I mean, sometimes the passionate people are the ones who get put off so soon because they're so passionate about it and they see things a certain way. And we think that they are kind of fixating on certain things that are not important, but I think it's something important technologically speaking. But I think it's also about striking a balance between their passion and our passion from an organization standpoint. So I think yeah. it's the it's balance at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, it has to be, right? Because easy to say. Yeah, <laughs> easy to say, but not easy to implement, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, if you have if you have 10 guys in your team and, and nine of them are passionate about something and doing things in, in completely different directions, you're not going to get a job done, right? <laughs> yeah, <not> good, right? <laughs> <laughs> Some of them yes, should be doing a job. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, appreciate everyone. That was good. We, I think we've covered that pretty thoroughly. We'll move on to the second question. Uh, Rami, this is from you, which is, how can we enable teams to have more autonomy to balance creative freedom and innovation with corporate ambition? So I'll get you to start us off with this one. Um. For me, the answer to that is just one word. It's accountability. The more accountability we, we allow into the teams, the more uh, we share with the teams or are transparent to the teams about how to measure things, how to, um, how to, uh, you know, we, we and I, I find that we shield teams often from from financial pressures. We 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 shield them from uh, client pressures sometimes, and actually. I find that sharing some of the information and helping them understand where where our boundaries are, where um, why are we making these choices, and actually putting it in, putting it in their hands to make some of these choices themselves. If they understand, um, you know, I, I I think one of the most forgotten costs is cost of ownership. People um, in engineering teams, when we look at okay, how much is the holding cost of a, of a new technology? You know, every time we add a framework, every time we add a new language, a database, it's not just the license cost or the setup cost. There's training. There's actually hiring costs. You have to actually go find people who understand both both systems now. Um, you know, there, there's 
cognitive load that that actually adds a cost to the team and team generally has to get larger in order to deal with more technologies more frameworks so the holding cost um, is a very forgotten thing um, i find in, in in a lot of the discussions about adding new technology so i think helping the teams see that and and be and and, and sharing in the accountability in 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 you know, in understanding the holding costs and uh, be able to justify the need for additional technologies, the need for um, additional frameworks or whatever it ends up being. I think that's really, really critical to, to helping the teams be able to make decisions for themselves. Um, and, you know, not easy, ultimately, all, uh, all the time. I think that as leaders, that, that that's where we can jump in and help the teams out and, and support them in, in, in making decisions and so on. But, um, I think having um, processes or frameworks around setting setting up that kind of discussion openly and safely um, can help a lot with with helping the teams be autonomous and be able to do to make the decisions themselves. Thanks for that. And Raj. Yeah, um, I think I'll fix. I, I think I kind of uh, uh, have a bit of a deviation there because. There are certain things that we cannot definitely hold individuals accountable for because they are completely oblivious to the, some, of, some of the principles in finance or be it about investing in the in the software or in the licenses specifically. Um, certain things that they need to be completely opaque because I think that's not the perspective that we want them to make decisions on what they want to innovate, basically. Um, uh, while again, there's again a balance that need to be struck. We should we should just take a, strike a balance there between you know what they should be knowing and what they should not be knowing. Ultimately, even if I'm making an innovation, I think I would want to be oblivious to certain facts because I want to have that career of creative freedom and I want to assess every 360 degree angle of what I'm going to be assessing actually. Um, so again, it, a, a boundary should be drawn there. Uh, it all it all boils down to um, what is the most pain painful point that actually you want to solve in the system or in the outer system within the organization. Um, everything boils down to that. So the investment should come automatically if it's a really painful point that people are trying to solve and innovate on. Um, so that's pretty much the approach that um, my ex-manager took back when I was a developer. Uh, pretty sure I think it, it gave me some peace of mind because I didn't have to worry about the integrities of you know, where exactly are the approvals coming from, basically. I kind mm -hmm. of want to solve a particular problem, and I wanted to pick up something. I, I didn't pick up, to be honest. I was a novice guy, <laughs> and and this my mentor kind of taught me that, yeah, you know what? Just pick up something that you think really paints the customer experience today. And as a developer, what you want to do about it, right? And that's where I, can, I think I need to put my thinking hats on, not worrying about anything else. Not that I'm being irresponsible. It's also about, you know, I don't want to set boundaries to my thoughts. And it's up to somebody who is approving to actually set the boundaries on where we want to invest in this particular thought process. You know, so that's pretty much it. But it's a very relevant experience. And I think, Rami, thanks for bringing that particular question up. It's a very relevant thing even today, actually, even the 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Awesome. And Attila, pass it on to you next. Yeah, out-of-the-box thinking requires... Um, loose boundaries, I guess. Um, but at the end of the day, for a team to be autonomous, yeah, okay, they ultimately have to be accountable, but you can't, I don't think you can put that as the primary concern initially. I think that's what the, the more senior um, people in a team 
will be responsible for because ultimately, if it's autonomous enough, the team will need to put together a business case and someone will have to think about well, what will it cost? You know, what will it cost? Not just this particular thing, but what you're saying, Rami, um, the bigger costs. So, but you can't do that upfront. I think you need to, that safe space, that's the whole thing about safe space, right? Yep. Is, to, is to give people that autonomy to actually have that safe space and then test that against well, is it in in line with your corporate? Is it in line with your budgets? Is it in line with where the business wants to go? So uh, there's definitely a balance. Um, yeah. yeah, that's what I can think of for now. Uh, I, I agree with you guys, by the way. Like, I, I think it is that striking that balance between the two, two, two. Like, you definitely need some accountability so that they, they, you want the freedom of thinking. You want them to be able to actually explore and look at all the different options. But also, when it comes down to it, they, they need to be able to understand how to put that business case together and what things need to go into the business case in order to be able to sell it. And that sort of that's the accountability I'm talking about. Ultimately, somewhat you know the actual holding of the decision at the end of the day needs to be um with people who will be accountable for the, for the paycheck or, or or the bill at the end of the day but um the teams being able to 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 understand all of those layers of costs um when you know I and mean, you almost have to suspect and the I wanted to think about that too much but when it comes to the other side of it you want you want them to be able to actually explain what the benefits are and 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 understand sort of almost the selection criteria of how eventually this is going to be decided i hate the idea of um teams being um doing all of that work and then being ultimately disappointed and not yeah. being able you know if you do it too much if they if it's too opaque then they'll just be getting too many no's, too many rejects. And it's like that. That's also, if you do it too far in one way, all you know, it, then yeah, they'll be unevading all over the place. But at the end of the day, it's always going to hit a, um, a blocker. And, and, and I, I want to smooth that a little bit. So somewhere a bit wide of that, so that they, they are in, they, they know what, what is needed to actually put forward. Um, and it, it's hard because if, if you go too far the other way, they don't innovate at all and they yeah. don't actually ask to do anything new so um yeah no i i'm, I'm I, I like where this is going very interesting involved actually yeah look like for me what i do i found is if i try to get um everybody in my team to understand some basic thing why what how and when if they can explain those things i know there's a ted talk about that and that's where i'm stealing it from i know uh, <laughs> but, but but the point is it's true if you can explain to your team the, those four things, if you can have answers before they go off to a tangent and whatever else, you know, yeah. qualify. Why are you doing this? Okay, what is it that you're doing, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it gets everyone to think about, well, am I doing something just for the sake of, you know, it's fun? Or, and, and that's actually a valid answer sometimes as well. But yeah, it, it, if you want accountability, then you need to be able to answer those things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. I think that was a good roundup. Nice yeah. to finish. Good. Thanks for that. And then, look, I think we'll we answer that, yeah, more than uh, well. So I think we'll move on to the last question. Uh, Raj, this is your one, which is, can too much creative freedom um, 
this kind of ties in actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just I just thought as you're finishing on that last one, this question ties back into that one. So this has worked out well. But yeah, start again. This question being, can too much creative freedom impact or derail business objectives? And a part of that, how do we address this preemptively and politely? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all about the problem. It's about the way we solve the problem. I don't and it's also about how we communicate that we are going to be solving this problem, right? And that's something I've been always finding it as a challenge sometimes, right? even in my previous roles, of course, uh, in the leadership specifically. Um, it's about, uh, like like what Attila mentioned just now, I think people can tend to go on a different tangent while they are trying to innovate too much because it's about the detail, right? It's about they get into detail and they get into detail everywhere else while losing uh, sight of the actual um, holistic problem on hand. So how it's about we, we detecting that particular uh, uh, different tangent is going and we just detect it as leaders uh, or, or even team members. How do we bring it back in line in a polite way? How do we, so it's about whether it's like where, how, what framework, whatever Matilda mentioned just now. Uh, it's also about preemptively keeping them informed of this is the expectation in terms of where, what, when, <laughs> or is it just on the spot? Do it, do it like an inline communication, be be more assertive about it, and that kind of puts off people, right? And so, this politeness is it necessary, or do we need to do it a different way? Is is my is my wondering always? It depends on every personality, uh, the person we're dealing with. But I think there should be some something that can cater to many audiences. So that's wondering about. <laughs> nice, thanks, Adila. We'll pass on to you. What are, what are your thoughts? Oh God, I have to go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, politeness. Um, look, at the end of the day, you're trying not to cheese off your staff um, when you're trying to say, look, actually, well, that's not quite on spec. It's not quite in the direction <laughs> we want. To. So, so you don't want to cheese them off. Too much, right? But you, but those boundaries are, are, are probably there for a reason. So, I, I always challenge my team to say, "Okay, prove it to me. Show me why, right? Why is this the right thing to do, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. So, that by itself is giving that person the opportunity, politely, to actually explain themselves, right? So, yeah, I mean, if, if you're the style of of, of personal manager that basically um, has decrees and it's my way or the highway, politeness isn't going to be a thing, right? But I'm hoping the three of us and, and most people aren't that way. And, you know, we listen to our staff and we listen to each other and we, we know that we don't have all the answers, right? So unless you're polite and you actually have some way of actually um, extracting ideas and making sure that, you know, that they're, they're understanding what, that has to be towards a business objective, well, you're not going to go to a happy place, are you? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Dilla. Do, do you jump back in, Raj? Oh, no, I was just, I was adding a yes. So there's sometimes there's no space for politeness sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I need to be dealt with politely. <laughs> Anything, of course, yeah. Sorry, Rami, it's up, it's up to you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. So, uh, 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 well, I, I very much agree with all of that. I think definitely having open discussions with your team, uh, uh, asking them to, to to prove it to you. I think that's that that's the key. Um, why why are we looking at 
uh, a new database technology? Why are we looking at new framework? Why are we looking at new language? Um, personal preference isn't is a, isn't a good answer. There has to be an actual, you know, valid business case for 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 doing it. Um, so the, maybe I used the wrong word, but this is what I meant when I said accountability. I I I need the team to to show me and to account for why these decisions need to, uh, are being made. Um, I think. You know, there's different responses, and I've gone through almost all of this, the full spectrum, right? Um, you know, we put together business cases, and you know, sometimes the answer is actually it's too expensive now. We can't really take that on, even if it's the right thing for the right for this particular um, job. It's probably not not the right time to do it. And we've gone through an exercise where we actually replaced the entire CI/CD pipeline because the one we had was inadequate. So this is why you don't want to, 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 to be too restrictive. I think sometimes, and more than often I'm surprised about um, what I'm missing and what the teams are seeing on uh, in the work that they're doing. And when they come and explain it and we go through all of the different things, it's actually Actually, it's a very valid need to replace something um, with it within your tech. So, having both, um, having an open mind, a safe space, all of those things, almost a repeat of what we've already said, um, that allows the team, allows the discussion, allows the open discussion, so that we can um, work out at where where the right boundaries are and and whether or not, um, well, politely, we can discuss. Um, <laughs> Where where the boundaries are and, and and see whether or not we we wanna we wanna move forward with a new something whatever the new something is or or it's not the right time for it. Yeah, awesome. like I think it's also about like of course yeah we, while while there uh, we're doing all these things and I think we also keep in mind that some uh, as human beings they tend to drift more towards their comfort zone in what they want to work what exactly even though it may not suit our business case and at that point of time i think of mine in detecting that particular intention and say yeah you know what no <laughs> not going to work this time i remember quite um quite recently well when i joined teachers health i was thinking there's a whole bunch of stuff that we need to do scripting for and uh, at that stage i still had some ruby and rails experience i thought ruby that'd be a really good language to do this but everybody's using um, PowerShell and everybody's using, uh, and I had to contain myself because I, I, it doesn't fit, right? No. So, you know, it, it's a thing that you have to realize that you you won't always have the right answer and you need to be able to justify. So, I mean, it goes for everybody, even for yourself. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, great. Um, I, I actually, in terms of the personal preference, I think that's an interesting one. So that you know, often when when people have a personal preference, the business case tends, or or the comparison between different technologies tends to have a skewed set of uh, measurements. Yeah. Um, so in that case, I think that the, the interesting uh, what I try to do is help them choose more measurements that yeah. allow for the business case to uh, allow allow for the comparison to be a bit more balanced. Um, I think you know some often often things are left out that shouldn't be left out when when comparing technologies, um, yep. especially when when personal preference is, is concerned. But you know, in general, uh, again, it, it's 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 breaking up. Breaking up. You broke up in there. Uh, discussions. Yeah. Oh, we caught the end of that. Oh, you sorry. broke up for a, a second. <laughs>
Yeah, just, one, just uh, one, one last thing. I, yep. Sorry, go on. Sorry, Remy. Oh, sorry. I, I, I just I said allows for easier discussions. I didn't. That wasn't my fault. That's right. Attila. I was going to say one last thing. And to, to be honest, um, too much creative freedom. What's that the nemesis of at the end of the day is maintenance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you have 10 different languages which you're trying to support, I mean, this is, this is what Rami said earlier. Um, if you have so many different environments, so many things, people aren't expert in all those. So you might have one guy which is really good at such and such, but yeah. when he leaves, which he will, you know, yeah. at the end, Right, who's going to maintain this stuff? Yeah, and that's where all those guidelines and and the, the boundaries actually help a lot. And that's what you have to explain to your team is, is the why. Why yeah. can't you do with with such and such? Because you can't maintain this stuff at the end. And at the end of the day, we're all going to change jobs at some stage. I mean, okay, I know some people were there for nineteen years, some people were there for one year, but it doesn't matter how long you're there for. You're going to be moving on at some stage, even if it happens to be to a casket, but. At the end of the day, <laughs> the code has to be maintained, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, that's, that's, that's an interesting point, Attila, because when the maintenance cost goes up, your velocity goes down ultimately. Um, and then you try to add more people, and that has its own complexity. And then eventually your the, the cost of adding features outweighs the revenue coming in. And then then you know, this yeah. is where companies become very unprofitable very quickly. Yeah. 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 And there's an unspoken territory where some technologies can just go out of market so soon, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes just rewriting them on the on the fly, it's not easy, actually. Yeah. yeah. So well, after Amadeus, I gave up chasing <laughs> the bullet because all the new languages are always coming out every two years. I, I just gave up. Yep. <laughs> one, stick to it, right? Yep. Stick to C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. That's what I learned. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Well, look, that, appreciate all, all the answers. Is there any any kind of, I know we've gone back and forth, any closing kind of, you know, extra little points that anyone wants to, to jump in with uh, before we kind of wrap things up? Well, it's, I think at the end of the day, we are all dealing with humans, including us. Everybody wants brownie points, definitely. Uh at the end of the day, I think it's just taking take uh, personality into account and yeah, deal with them accordingly. And it comes down to people at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and you want to retain them. Yeah. Right. To retain them, you want to keep them from being bored, right? <laughs> <laughs> that balancing act, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, look, thanks everyone for, for jumping on. Really appreciate it. Um, and uh, I think there was some, yeah, great points covered, uh, you know, on that balancing app between creative freedom and innovation with corporate ambition. So we'll wrap it up. We'll leave it there. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, and we'll see you next time on the Evolution Exchange. Thanks, everyone.